the way mm-hmm. to set the stage for this big World Cup episode yeah. is to sort of tell the story of the first U.S. game because we were we all went out and watched it together. Yeah. So it was like my group of friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. My yeah. group of friends plus, because people wanted to come out to watch the game on a Friday night, uh, at a place that we go pretty often. So we know the people there. And then, um, you know, you, you, Jess, Jordan, you were out. Um, there was like a was Tessa there too? Like there was a yeah, big they group. did come out, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, we're all having a good time. Um, well, uh, the U.S. played sort like, of. Yeah, well, I mean, we were having a good time with each other. But right, we're watching yeah, the match. Sometimes we were not enjoying we're, the game. So correct, much. the game was garbage. And the U.S. scores. I think they got did have a goal in the first half. They wound up winning, the beating um, Vietnam three 0 And we're commiserating a little bit afterwards. And I said, you know what? doesn't matter. I'm like, you get to three points, you know, when you're in a semifinal and a final, this is all, this will all be funny. And Jess turned to me and she's like, are you fucking crazy? They look <laughs> terrible. And I'm like, you're overreacting. It's fine. And it was not fine. <laughs> nope. So I will say this, and I don't know if you were there at that exact time because you were sitting like on the other side of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jess, um, you were right. Yeah. Comrades and friends, hello. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines. We're in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. Uh, this is Rob. This is your Highlands Bunker podcast. Uh, we have uh, Kirsten with us. Uh, we have Carl here, uh, as always. And uh, beaming in from parts unknown, um, we have Jordan Pusey. Hello. Hello, hey, everyone. So, I needed a break um, Kirsten came in the studio today and said, you know, does any, are anybody like, are any like listeners really following the, the, the World Cup, the Women's World Cup just ended? And I said, I don't care. I need a break. We've been talking about political stuff. Um, I've been planning a, um, an interview with Mar- Professor Mark Paul, um, about his book, The Ends of Freedom. Uh, I've, I've met Professor Paul a couple times and I'm excited to talk. Um, if you like our stuff that we do with Harvey J.K., um, and that kind of sort of like history from the bottom up, um, you'll like this. Um, Mark is an economist. So I don't want that to scare anybody. I know, ec- you know, economics is fake, but you'll see what we talk about. It's a pretty interesting book. I also have some other stuff coming up that uh, sort of under wraps right now. I can't commit. I, I can't say for sure we're doing it, but I, I need a um, I need a break with my friends to talk about what we talk about. So that's what we're doing. We're going to give you a little. We're going, to, we're going to talk about our experience working through this Women's World Cup, uh, what we thought about it, um, some other sort of uh, social and cultural issues, um, having it in New Zealand and Australia and other things. And, and then we might talk about the, the wider game and, and some, some stuff like Messi in Miami, Saudi sports washing, um, things of that nature. So, yeah, does anybody just want to kick off with that, you know, watching when... when when you saw that, did was your reaction the same as Jess when you when you saw that first match against Vietnam? You're like, this is not going to go. Yeah, and I think it. My reaction was also colored by having followed the team for years previously, um, throughout this kind of World Cup buildup, and seeing that there wasn't a lot of confidence around the coach, around the style of play, um, around like the the choices with 
which players were getting capped, which players weren't getting capped. Um, it didn't like I um, one of the notes I had to talk about was kind of obviously a lot of people were really pissed off about the horrible commentary and analysis in U.S. media. Um, it was very white. It was very like kind of conservative. Um, it was not really an analysis of play and it didn't really like shape people's understanding of the game or give them like kind of a language to talk about what they were seeing or why it was good or why it was bad. It was just beating the USA drum and talking about how these kids these days uh, just they don't want it enough and they're not trying and whatever, you know, the fuck like Wallace and yeah, they're too woke. Um, However, like there there was some really good like smaller media um, and smaller discussion, like smaller market discussion around the the World Cup, I thought about um, just like how, for example, like Sophia Smith was kind of given the burden to be the USA's number one striker. And this was like she hadn't been called up previously to one of these major tournaments. And you really want to pace the buildup of these players better. Um, you like I think it was maybe Tobin Heath who was making this point um, on the recap. And like I, I thought that was really a, a, an important thing to say that like just the pacing of the players and the kind of transition between like the veterans and the new players um, was so wonky. So anyway, that's all to say I was not surprised. I did not have high hopes for the U.S. team. Um, I think individually there is so much talent it, throughout all positions. Like they have some really creative playmakers in the midfield. They have some incredible like teen strikers who are coming up through the ranks with a lot of speed and like good shooting position they have i mean naomi germa i thought germa and fox both had good tournaments despite everything else like there's a really strong uh core of defenders who i think will be you know anchors for years to come so um yeah i think like individual talent for me wasn't the issue but the way the team was being managed and the style of play the team was playing compared to like what the actual strengths of the players were super off and that just I yeah I I yeah. wasn't expecting more basically. I don't follow it as closely. You mentioned the manager, and um, spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't know, he got he was immediately fired. Um, but yeah, I don't follow him, so I, I I didn't realize, you know, that the team was sort of like disorganized. I had never seen a, a team, a U.S. women's team, go out and look sort of disorganized. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised by that. But the other thing that we talked about, and I think Jordan is perfectly sort of suited to speak to it is there is parity now. I mean, other sort of like what happened, say, 20 or 25 years ago in, in men's basketball, where, like, Team USA, it was like they would win by 50 or 60 points. But now there are, there are you know, maybe 10 or 12 other nations that could that compete regularly with the United States. And I think we're seeing that in um, the women's football, too. So, you know, there was tons of teams, and, and we kind of did a preview or a post-game a year and a half ago after the Euros, which with, with how competitive just Europe was. Mm-hmm. You know, Germany didn't even advance to the knockout. So, you know, I, I see, and I know, like, Jordan follows the, the European game. There's there's tons and tons of, of players coming up who are just as good as the players that the United States thought were the best in the world 10 years ago. Yeah. And not just Europe. I mean, there are, like, I, so I did make an outline for this. Um, Sorry, Jordan, I'm kind of stepping in here, but please, like, also just feel free to cut me off. But, like, a a lot of the kind of bullets that I had listed in my parody section um, and just the quality of play overall, it's like, 
three AFCON nations made it to the round of 16. Um, Nigeria, like, almost beat England in their round of 16 game. Um, there's a bunch of these, like, also, like, Haiti, for example. Um, they did not make it out of the group stage. However, they're super, super young. And this was kind of, I think, a freebie for them, just of getting yeah, experience. Yeah, yes, right. Exactly. Um, and, like, they're... The, the quality of teen players, especially throughout, um, I mean, Melshi Dumornay from Haiti, um, Linda Caicedo was um, a favorite of ours from Colombia, the 18-year-old. Like, there's incredible individual talent and also, like, really exciting just teams playing, like, good technical ball coming out of the regions of the world where like they aren't traditionally thought of as like the powerhouses you know yeah, yeah i'm a huge Colombia fan now. yeah <laughs> yes well morocco was a good example of the investment because they invested in their men's and women's sides and they both made it to the world cup and they both made it to the knockout rounds mm-hmm. and that just shows how fast if you really are willing to invest in the best facilities and academy system instead of pay for play or pay to play um what can be achieved yeah, same thing with, like, um, Jamaica. I mean, they they have, no, they have no basically no resources, and they're able to, uh, you know, they're able to compete. Now, again, they have to play a different style. They're not playing this, but they're organized. Like, they go out and say, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this. So, yeah, and I was, a lot of them I, I was, attend American universities, too, and that's, like, part of the player pipeline. Yeah, it's funny. I guess because in the women's game, the uni- the the U.S. the NCAA university game is uh, is more competitive, and is a, I, I think is that pro- that does help, um, at least for for the younger players where they're not they don't have to go overseas. They're not tied up in a, a particular academy like right away. I mean, that maybe that changes for the better. I don't know. Like you were saying about uh, Morocco, really putting a lot of resources in their academy. But yeah, it was great to see. Um, some some colonized uh, countries have to go up against their colonizer. Um, that was really um, cool. Uh, it reminded me of it reminded me of Italian ninety. So in the the World Cup in nineteen ninety in Italy, um, traditionally at that time the 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 host didn't play, but the 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 previous champion played. So Argentina, who won in eighty six, played Cameroon. It was the first time they qualified, and Cameroon beat them one nil in Milan. And people were like, oh, okay, this is happening now. And that was like the big push for – now, you know, George Weah had already won the European – I don't know if he had won the European football or the year yet, but that was the big sort of like push where all of these other countries are going to be good now. Uh, you know, Senegal is going to be good. Ivory Coast is going to be good. Cameroon still going to be good. Nigeria is going to be good. So I think that was like a, that was like a, um, a real cool thing that happened is, you know, some of these other countries are going to be at the table now yeah. Uh, you know, plan yeah. and competing. And particularly with Nigeria, I I was really happy to see uh, after their, they lost to England in the round of 16 on penalty kicks, which really sucked, really sucked. We love I was, pens. We love pens. I was rooting so hard for Nigeria. But um, I thought it was really interesting that after the game, uh, one of their players, Ashley Plumtree, mentioned that uh, she was really hopeful that after this tournament it would kind of be the end of uh really like the racism baked into the way commentators talk in particular about african nations um 
because they tend to talk about their speed and their physical strength and their grit. And she was making the point that, no, we actually play a very technical style. We're very disciplined on the pitch. Um, And like, it's curious that we are spoken about as just kind of like a gritty uh, nose to the grindstone type team when, no, we're actually like quite organized out there. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the like the general sort of Fox coverage. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, we didn't say his name, but Alexi Lalas is like the Jason Whitlock. Yeah. I mean, he did play for the national team. He was ter- he was a terrible player. Just did make but the point also. Play, but that, he um, did play. He looks physically. He's turning into Donald Trump. He looks so much like Trump now. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's just completely gone gone that way. And so it it is. You know, he he was a garbage player who did at least he did train and play. But um, yeah, his his whole style is just sort of like a fox style. Like that's what they're going for. Um, you you don't see that at, at ESPN or NBC really. CBS is bad. They did I think they did, they did the Champions League, um, and they're they sort of go the other way where it's like, um, you know, all the hosts are in like open shirt, like they're wearing like no socks and jeans and like you know they, it's like Eurosport. It's like you're watching the cycling on Eurosport <laughs> or something. You know, it's it, it it's just I guess it you know it's not it's not my cup of tea for sure. Next idea that I was interested in, and I think you mentioned it in your notes too. Australia and New Zealand were the hosts. They hosted uh, together. Um, just had to go across the, the Tasman ditch, as they call it. Um, women's sports in general in Australia and New Zealand are extremely popular. They get behind it. The whole country sort of has a culture of sport, not necessarily one thing or the other. You know, cricket is obviously um, huge. Um, women's sports that only women play, like netball, is really popular in Australia. And so I think it was, it was it was quite obvious that if you did either stay up very late or get up very early, um, you were able to see at venues just tons and tons of, like, excitement, tons of, like, it, it was, they were more exciting than MLS matches. That's just a, that's just a fact. And so... Um, yeah, I, I think I was I was I was really happy that. What, do you know? Have they announced where the next one's going to be? Not yet. Okay. I think March. No, here. Unlike the men's, where they announce like fifteen years in advance. Well, you got to get that money up front. Yeah, we won't know where the tournament in twenty twenty seven will be until like what three years out, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I I I was I I enjoyed. Um, like I enjoy watching sport. I enjoy like rugby and Aussie rules and stuff. And so it was cool to it was cool to see some of the same stadiums. I see. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, look at that in New Zealand. I know they they play rugby there or whatever. So it was it was it was fun. It was it, it added to the having it in a place like that where there, the atmosphere is really great. Really added um, even if you if you couldn't stay up till three a.m. every every week. Yeah, that was tough. It was tough. You re- it was really a labor of love when you look at it. And you're like, oh, the matches at four. A- Kickoffs at what four a.m. Yeah, and it w- and it would jump around too because obviously you know from Western Australia, like a place like Perth, all the way east to like Auckland, New Zealand. You know, it's like six hours. That's you know, it's it's further um, west to east there than it would be like in the United States. So there was matches that started at nine ten p.m. and matches that started at six a.m. So it was a, it was a wide range. You really had to. You really had to stay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to uh, say if Ruben happens to listen to this, um, he's our friend in Norway, and 
So he's, uh, I don't know if it was better for him, maybe. Um, still tough, still tough time, but uh, he was also following along with a lot of the matches. So when other, I, I managed to catch a lot of them because even if no one else here in Delaware was like up and watching them, I was like, okay, at least I have like one other person that like is holding me a little bit accountable so I can make that 4 a.m. wake up call. <laughs> when the alarm went off, you're yeah. like, ah, oh, he's going to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's not going to see me sending messages. He's going to know. And I know, Jordan, you were, uh, you, and I don't mean to blow up your spot, but let's be honest, you weren't getting up early. You're, you were telling us, you were. We, yeah. we ruined like an early match, mm-hmm. realizing that you were getting up at like, and mm-hmm. watching like the 9.30 replay. And so we had to like pretend that we didn't know what happened for you. You realize that, right? Yes, I do. I mean, I could have just muted the chat as well. But yeah, right. I mean, some of the games, I mean, I got up for them, but I just didn't want to be around people <laughs> at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Especially when they, those games were like the ones that like, hurt our feelings the most yeah we had our we had our feelings hurt uh we had our feelings hurt here one morning it wasn't <laughs> great jess and bill were here and i'm like well this stinks yeah it was garbage yeah unfortunately that's the the the, the what, what people will notice is the common thread and 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 it was it was mentioned in our in our private chats all through the tournament was like every time we were like they're gonna do and then they lost. Like mm-hmm. every every time we saw like an upstart team or one yes. of our faves yes. or somebody was gonna come get knocked so up, close come and so yet close and just get lost. Get over and hump. again, we're we're talking about all of this great like all of these great new sides from Morocco, uh, from Nigeria, from uh, you know, from Haiti, um but the final yeah, Colombia, Colombia Jamaica. But, the, but what happened? So the final many. Spain and England. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was like killer, uh, yeah. it was the worst. Yeah. And something else, I, I mean, I'm sure we would have gotten to this at some point, but just we've been talking about the parody. And I think it's important to also mention that this has happened in spite of all of the federations, uh, not because of the federations. It's not even that they've been neutral. Like so many of these football federations um, are actively sabotaging and abusing their players. Um, I mean, so many like Zambia, you know, the coach was like, Incredibly accused by several players of coercing them into having sex with him to keep their roster spots. Um, you know, Nigeria, like they haven't paid their players in something like several years. Uh, FIFA is trying to get involved to ensure that the the tournament payouts will actually go directly to the players. So that way the federation doesn't once again intercept the payments and not give it to the players. Uh, Jamaica had to like start a GoFundMe to pay their way to the World Cup. Um, even like Japan, which is, you know, an established footballing nation, they've won the World Cup before. Um, I know that during the She Believes Cup, which is kind of like a, a It's like the warm up. Yeah, it's like a warm up tournament. They have the, same, the, the men's have the same thing. They go <laughs> the they she go believes and have cup. Like, yeah, yeah. They well, believe. I mean, yeah, it's not called She Believes. <laughs> but they have the, they have yeah. like the pre tournament looks yeah. like to check everything yeah. out. But it's uh, yeah. high quality opponents, it's yeah. exciting, it's a warm up for the World Cup. Um the Japan fe- like the Japanese Federation just was radio silent throughout the tournament. So like a former uh, Japanese international, Yuki Nagasato, who plays in the NWSL, actually was just like, okay, I guess I will live tweet the matches then. So people were following Yuki Nagasato as she was live tweeting the matches. Um, and she also, to be clear, like resigned from uh, playing, I believe, in for like for her national side and kind of listed out um, in a a lot of detail just all of the the lack of professionalism and the lack of resources uh that the japanese federation have provided for the women so like 
clearly it's not just, you know, people are like, oh, it's the developing countries. But no, it's literally every nation. Like, we can talk more about the Spain shit show, but like... Yeah, I don't know when you want to get into themselves. it. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know when you want to get into it. Maybe this is a good time to get into it, since you mentioned it. When I first saw that photo, because I didn't see it live. When I saw the photo, I, I, I was like confused. So do you want to... I don't know if anybody wants to... I mean, it's a pretty obvious thing. Like, during the celebration, during the the medal ceremony, the president of the Spanish Football Federation, uh, like, kissed one of the players on the mouth. Like, and not like, you know, it came out afterwards. She was like, no, I did not... Was not interested in doing that. Yeah. And, like... As a as a as a a person who uh, gets very and always has gotten very um, emotional about the sport, you know I, I I you know when Baggio missed that penalty in L.A., I did not have a good time that afternoon. Um, so I understand like the the passion and stuff. That's fucking. I mean, how how does that happen? That's not, that's so over yeah. the line. Like I thought, well, it was, I thought it was like a deep fake AI when I saw it. No, I was like, oh, this I is mean, bullshit. This not cannot be real. I don't know, Jordan. Do you want to like kind of talk about the the letter that the fifteen players had published before the World Cup? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, they're just talking about his coaching style, and he's also like a nepotism hire. Like he's really not qualified for the. Does, does he manage Barcelona women's team? No. Was, oh no. Okay. No, no, but a lot of the Spanish players play on that team. So they're used to playing together. And a lot of the the 15, well, I guess three came back. Um, they play on Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. So there were 15 Spanish national team players who signed a letter basically detailing um, a record of mistreatment and abuse from the Spanish Federation, um, and in particular by the the Spanish national team coach, Jorge Vilda. Um he very controlling things like he wouldn't let them lock their hotel room doors when they were traveling. Um, um, also, just, yeah, as Jordan kind of alluded, he's like a big fucking doofus. Um, he just he's not a good and not a good coach. Well, and then we saw like, you know, because these are things that were alleged in private. Then we see them in front of cameras. He grabbed yep. one of his assistants breasts in celebration. Yep. And then the players are being touched and kissed. So. If they're willing to do that in public, you right. can only imagine what they're going through privately. And, like, to be clear, when this letter came out, so what happened was uh, the Federation sided completely with Vilda, the coach, and said that if any of these 15 players wanted to be considered for the World Cup roster, then they would have to publicly apologize. So um, three of them did. The other 12 did not. The other 12 did not make the World Cup roster. Um, and it's not, I mean, these aren't like, a lot of them weren't like bubble players. They would have been on the roster. Yeah. I mean, it is, it might say how good Spain is if they didn't get on the team and they still won, if they still yeah. took it home. But it's like all of the development had happened through like their, their club experiences with Barca and Real Madrid. Like the Federation did jack shit they get to profit and of course the federation is talking about how wonderful the coach like specifically they're sending a very clear message when they post about the coach you know they're posting pictures of jorge vilda and you're clearly saying something through that and it just feels like it's just you know misogynist all the way down because he's being protected and like uh, Ruby alice is being protected the president of the federation um apparently like there were reports that uh 
they had like gone to Jenny Hermoso's family three times to ask them. Basically, we're begging the family to ask Jenny Hermoso to appear in a video, I guess, with like Rubiales to say that, oh, no, yeah, it's OK. I didn't her, mind it. Yeah, I did see that they yeah. had, uh, Jenny Hermoso is the player. She's now she now plays in Liga Mex in Mexico. I saw. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I know um, I guess she, um, she had played at PSG mm-hmm. and in Spain. Um, but she's a you know a, a accomplished player, a long term player, and to like beg her. She's to Spain's be... all time leading scorer. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah, and and to like to be like, will you come and do the apology with me? Like, wh- how, why? Like you you what what does she have? Why is she responsible to do anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I found the whole thing very uh, like I I you know again like. I found the whole thing extremely troubling. Like, with with everything that's happening, like, and everybody complains, you can't do anything because, oh, you'll get canceled, you get this. That, that, that doesn't seem to be stopping anyone. Mm-hmm. So how bad well, really again, is it? Well, Z- again, like I said in the beginning, Zambia's I mean, coach, literally, like, several players had had said that, like, he coerced them into having sex with him in order to keep their roster spots. And this this is before the World Cup. They came public with this information. And this motherfucker coached throughout the World Cup. It's revolting. It's, I, 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 yeah, I think it's, again, if anybody, and I don't, probably nobody listening to this needs this lesson, but if, if you, the fact that this kind of, um, and it's not just behavior, it's criminal behavior. You know, it's, it's not just anti, yeah. it's antisocial, yeah. misogynistic it's behavior, but it's abuse. The fact that at the highest level of sport, this continually happens in this context really goes to show you how, how far we haven't gone. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's complaining about really anything, any reactionary, again, this is why the forces of reaction are always like, they're always lurking because, I mean, this this really. I, to be honest, I was like I said when I saw it, I, the first thing I thought was it was a deep fake. I was like, that can't be real. And they were like, no, it's real and it's not good. Because then I was like, well, maybe they know each other. I don't know. I was like, I couldn't. Be- I just could not yeah. believe that somebody would just kiss, like a man well, would just kiss right. a woman stranger on but the mouth. It, it feels like it's about power it's about exerting power because it's like this is i'm like the yeah right it's like and for the players this is maybe the best moment of their lives you know this is an incredible high for them and for this it feels like this is the chance for rubialis to basically knock knock them down a peg in that in in this situation where like they are on the high and they have accomplished this great thing and he's really just going to show jenny Hermoso who's in charge and who has the power and it, I I mean, I know this is a small podcast, but I can't actually, <laughs> I shouldn't say what I really think here. You, you, um, I mean, you can imagine though. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, it was a real, it was one of those where you're like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you can't see what, if you can't, if you can't see what's happening in, in the broader, if you can't take that as an example of sort of like what the, you know what the cultural dynamic still is in the year of our Lord, two thousand twenty-three. Yeah. Then you know it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough to get through to you because this is like not. We're, you know, this is the twenty-first century. What the fuck? Not that it was good before, but I mean, you, you learn at least. Stop doing this. It's crazy. 
So what would you guys – I mean, the final was kind of disappointing, right? I mean, it's like a 1-0 final. It's a good goal, you know. It's a good, it didn't go to penalties. That's good. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 the only real silver lining is football didn't come home. It's always on its way home, and then mm-hmm. right before it gets home, it crashes and it, it doesn't come home, which is fun. So if anybody doesn't know, um, obviously England invented the game. Um, so back in the Euros maybe 25 years ago, they, were, they hosted the Euros, and, they, and there was a pop song um, in the 90s uh, called It's Coming Home. And they they used it uh, when England made their run in the last World Cup, and of course it was all over the internet. And um, those limey bastards got to eat it again. Fuck you, haha. I mean, so. the lionesses did just win the Euros, though. Well, so that kind of is like it. But. Well, see, thanks, thanks for thanks for ruining my my happy moment. Well, I mean, Italy did beat the men, and then they got to say it's coming Rome, which <laughs> sounds better. Thank you for remembering that, by the way. Yeah, Jordan, that was such an intense game. <laughs> yeah. That was decided by penalties. Wait, what's that? The men's Euros. Oh, the men's Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what did, what did, what's your, what was your take on the... I mean, I, I guess the way to look at the... There there was some surprising teams that didn't get to the knockout, like Germany. But and, once, Brazil, and Brazil. And Canada. That's right. Canada also being completely screwed by their federation right now. Yeah, and as you said, and the teams that, sides I remember being stronger, uh, like Japan, really kind of fizzling out. I mean, so I remember I, that. I, I maybe say, I though, just remember I think that because I think it was just one bad were, game. Okay. I think they just had a bad game at a bad time. Yeah. But they were, they looked so strong um, and were just like tactically playing really diverse matches and... They've got a lot of young talent. I feel I, I felt like that was just kind of like an off day for them. Yeah. But yeah, everything everything in the knockout more or less went to went to plan. Yeah, it really sucked. You know, like, yeah, no underdogs, <laughs> no yeah. no anything. Like once there was a lot of like excitement in the knockout, I felt like mm-hmm. um because you know, some teams went through like the group stage. Like, yeah, the yeah, going into yeah. the getting oh, into yeah, the yeah. knockout. Mm-hmm. There was so much exciting excitement in the group stage of all of these stories that we sort of talked about. And then you know, all of those like sort of underdogs went through, and they all got like out like pretty ha- pretty handily. So there was no like you know there was no dark horse going going near the end, like getting to the semifinal or something. It didn't it didn't really didn't happen. So do you want to give any last words to the uh, to the World Cup before we go to a, a larger a larger um, world football topic, Jordan? No, I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think I will say like the one thing that I maybe we kind of alluded to, but um, there was a lot of camaraderie and solidarity that I really was happy to see. Um, as we've kind of laid out here, like a lot of the players were facing similar struggles um, in terms of having to actively fight their federation for better resources, um, for like treating them as serious athletes. Um, they had to fight a lot of misogyny. Um, there was, you know, there's a lot of racism still that like, um, whether it's like fighting within your federation or fighting kind of like a, a more like glo- on the more global end. And I really appreciated that throughout the tournament, there were a lot of examples, uh, one of players just like using their platform to speak up about like social issues, um, but Two, about players really standing in solidarity with other teams and players from, like, other other countries. Um, 
it, not just about like, oh, you know, don't talk shit on them or whatever, but just recognizing the similarities between their fights, recognizing that um, like it's it's going to take all of us to kind of fight for um, more like equity, more justice within women's sport. And it, it yeah, it just it was very heartening. And um, I was really happy to see that. And that's why I love the Women's World Cup. I have to tell you, I mean. And we talk about to be clear, this. they shouldn't have to fucking do that. No. They should be able to just play the game. Um, but well, yeah, I really appreciate I... that the players are like willing to take on that fight. There's a lot of solidarity and camaraderie in the women's game. The women's game. I've said this before when we talked about the Euro. I go out with a group of it's a rotating group, but it's mostly like about twelve to fifteen people who go out and watch any match that's on pretty much any time. And we've all been watching for twenty years or more. To a person. Everybody knows the women's game is good. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that they, 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 they generally don't dive. They don't simulate as much as the men do. Um, they generally play more in a more organized sort of traditional way, which I enjoy. Um, there's so much about the women's game that's great. And if, if you think it's not good because they couldn't beat the men or whatever, I, you're going to have to do a lot of reassessment for yourself. You don't like, you don't like sports. You're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, you know, as a, as a competition, if you like if you like the game, um, it's it's never been better. And to your point about like camaraderie and solidarity, I think that goes into it. I think that's why when you see, I don't know what you think about this, mm-hmm. but I've sort of like I I I feel the way you do about sort of like this. It's a point of pride, yeah, to go out and compete. As hard as you can, and sometimes you do stupid stuff. You stomp on a stomp on somebody when you're <laughs> look. Everybody does that. Just, everybody does it. You yeah. got sent off. I mean, look. I've been. This yeah. probably will not come as any surprise to uh, you guys or any regular listeners. In you got my red youth, carded. I've seen a red card a few times. <laughs> I got. I've been in my adulthood. I saw the red card a few times. So I've been. I've been sent off enough times. Like I get that that's a thing that happens, but there's no. It's sort of understood as as uh, you know Russia blood competitive thing, and the, the 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 players themselves have something that they're trying to do like almost together. I don't know. I I think it comes through in in watching it. If you if it's something that you enjoy, I think it comes through mm-hmm. for sure. Oh yeah, and like and if you're comfortable with your teammates, like you've been around them, like Sweden was a good example of that. Yeah, they just they just had that like vibe. Yeah, and they even said I think there was a story that came out about Sweden, and they were just like, "Yeah, we just we did half training today, and then we just like we just chilled out, put some records on, you know." Like they were just like, "Yeah, they had like a they had a thing." Yeah, they had a had a thing going, which was cool. So, the the the, the fun bit we saved to the end um, is well, some of it's actually not fun, but because it involves sort of. What the Saudi Arabians are trying to do with, with, with football, with golf, and potentially with basketball too, my friends. So just watch that. But <clears throat> Messi turning that down to come to Miami. Now I want to preface this all with like I understand Messi's fabulous player, one of the greats. There's no, there's no denying that, and I give him a lot of credit for turning down the Saudi money. I think that's cool. And he was like, hey, I speak Spanish. I'm going to fucking 
Go to Miami, same shit. Right. <clears throat> the whole deal was the Beckham thing. Beckham got, when he came over to do his retirement tour, they were like, look, we're going to give you uh, ownership, and then in five years, ten years, you're going to own this, this, this side. So he does that. He gets messy because of him, and he doesn't want to go to Saudi. And now I have to deal with this MLS bullshit. And I don't know. I know you, you guys follow the Women's Mar- uh, American League. Do you guys follow MLS at all? I mean, I know you I guys. Mean, I mean, I know you guys can speak to like Messi and that that whole move. I, I just don't know if you guys follow MLS at all because I used to. Mm-hmm. I can't get into it. Yeah. Well, they also like. I. I mean, I watched a lot more Union games last year. Haven't watched many this year because I can't see a lot of them. Right. Because they put them on Apple TV. Yeah. Right? Which I. I actually yeah. have Apple TV, but like you have to have a special a MLS. Yeah. Yeah, the MLS Plus Pass or something, which I'm not getting just for one league. Yeah. When I can get like nine leagues on Paramount Plus and like five, six plus like college and other sports on ESPN Plus. Viewership in America, you should have that as accessible as possible. Or otherwise people are just gonna bypass it for the European leagues, which are higher quality and easier to view. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, everything points in the MLS towards like a novelty act. Mm-hmm. It's a novelty act for kids. Like they, that's and I would say like, sometimes ever... it is fun to watch. Like the I I know it's like a running joke about how they don't play defense in the MLS. Well, why is it a running joke though? Because they don't play defense. Okay, like, and, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, no, but like, like yes, I, we but, joke about right. it, but we're trying to point out that it's fucking garbage. But also, like, I mean, that is kind of fun to watch sometimes. Sometimes, like, and they just they're for I they have really very really surprising first touches is I think what I usually say <laughs> unexpected first touches. That's um, it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. but uh, the thing is, it's like I. I don't. I mean, it's a. It's obviously a different experience watching MLS than watching like a bunch of the other European leagues or whatever. But it's. I, I can do both. You know, I can enjoy both. However, I can't actually fucking enjoy both because I'm not willing to pay, to Jordan's point, all that money for the extra MLS subscription. And, and again, I, I, I understand like the fun point of it. Like, yeah, it would be. It's fun to like. It's fun to watch a Little League World Series. You know, it's fun. A <laughs> yeah. lot of things can be, you can find, like, amusement in it. Frankly, the Little League World Series is more compelling than MLS. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny that. <laughs> you see kids out there giving it their all. The Phillies are going. The Phillies are in the stands watching the team. That's fun. That was pretty fun, That's yeah. fun. That's, look, the Little League is better than, is more interesting and compelling as a sports fan than MLS. That's just a fact, I think. I mean, would you agree? Am I out of line saying that? I mean, I, I enjoy it. The Little League or the MLS? Both. I, okay. I do enjoy the MLS. But, but you understand I what I'm saying about being a more compelling being a more compelling sort of thing. It's more like you can get into it. Like MLS is kind of fun. It's like funny almost. Like, <laughs> like it's I don't know. I, I don't I can't man, I can't get into it. I don't know. I mean I, I think going to union games is more enjoyable than watching it. Because the atmosphere there is really great. It's sort of like live music. Like live music's always sort of enjoyable. Even if it's like, well, maybe not James Padola, but most live music is pretty <laughs> enjoyable. So I, I don't that. know. I, I like it. Flair. But their playoff system's stupid. Like half the teams get to go in. So like why even 
Yeah, the playoffs are. But again, the reason. But the, but the reason here's here's what I think. The mm-hmm. reason you can't watch the matches and they're on some stupid fucking Apple package. Mm-hmm. The reason that, um, like you said, like you can't. Th- th- that's. It's because it's set up. The reason the playoffs the playoffs are like that. Yeah. Is because it's set up as an American sort of like. That's why people wanted to go back to the shootout where you dribble in from thirty-five yards. <laughs> like if you're gonna make it like like a circus, yeah, just, just lean do in. circus acts. <laughs> yeah, like make them make them hit a target up in the qu- yeah. high corner, like or just, just like just yeah, put goofy it, with make it. the salary cap only apply to defenders. Yeah, <laughs> like or like you, yeah, yeah like <laughs> because it's yeah. retiring star strikers. That you know, with Messi there, I mean, because. They were just like in so much trouble with the league over breaking rules and financial irregularities. And then they like allow them the sweetheart deal to get him. Mm-hmm. Like every team should be able to get just like one outrageous player at any cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, here's the thing. And I, and I believe this is still the case. The, the, the rules around like MLS owners and all of that are even tighter than like other leagues. Like, you know, like, like, an, an English club, like a top club, even even a, even a middle mid range club in, in a lower division, can get bought out. I mean, Wrexham just got bought out, and and they can go in and kind of like do whatever they want, really, if you have enough money. But MLS is is engineered from the top, like they put Beckham in LA and they gave him a piece of a team in Miami to bring a pl- to bring a superstar that he knew into Miami. The, yeah, like. Like, there's no, like, the sides like Kansas City are just filling up space. Like, that's a placeholder. Like, it, and I don't, I don't want to see a league where there's a placeholder. Like, I'm not interested in that. And I think, I, mean, I, I think the playoff system uh, points to that. The way that the, the league is run points to that. The reason that there's all of that stuff is because, well, yeah, like, it's because it's not, it's not, it, it's, it's, it's a capitalistic enterprise. They all are, but this is done from the league, and it's so goofy. It's just like, yeah, it's like a little carnival. You know, ha, 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 squirt the clown in the fucking nose with your water pistol. <laughs> Do you think having, like, a promotion relegation types system would make it better? Of course, but that would never yeah. allow that because MLS runs, that's what I mean. The team, yeah. when you when you buy into, like, when the owner of the union or, or whatever buys into or, or whatever, Columbus... Um, they're buying into the league to make sure they don't get relegated. Like, that's not a thing they're buying. Like, that's not part of it. Like, no one's putting up the money. No, you know, no uh, no LLC conglomerate uh, is putting up the money to buy, you know, some MLS team, the Atlanta Constitutions or whatever they are. Um, if they're going to get relegated to the second division and have to play fucking Atlantic City Seagulls, and 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 yes, that would help, of course. But it's not; it's never going to happen because it's sort of like that's not that's not what this product is. This product is a different product. They're selling it to you as the product that you watch. You know, you watch the women's World Cup final. That's football. They're selling you this product as as that, but it is not that. That's just that's just a fact. I'm so, I'm I'm. It brings me no happiness to have to report this. But I, I'm trying to get everybody off the ML. And I mean, I know I'm not going to do it because the people I'm talking to don't care about that. They like it, which is fine. Go have fun. People could also just watch the NWSL. It's better. I, I yeah. can guarantee. Easier I've, to I, watch the games. It is way better. 
I mean, the thing I don't like, here's the problem with that, and this is why I can't get into, I really wanted to get into a group, the, the, the Wilmington, the Delaware group, that plays in Wilmington. I know um, uh, our friend uh, Kyle Gay, Senator Gay, is, is, is uh, like a part of the group or was part of the group that sort of ran that team. And I would love to get into like a, a sort of a minor league team, but but there's no there's no marker for that. They put them in like all purpose high school stadiums. Looks like uh, again, they got the gridiron out there on the AstroTurf. I can't get into that. It's not that. It's not the. Pro- it's a different product. It's for kids that want to ghosty guys kick balls around at Banner Stadium. That's not a good. Pro- you know. The Delaware did have a team. I don't know if you remember this, Jordan. Jordan Mike. Uh, the Wizards. The Wizards that played at that regular ground, played at that regular regular ground up at uh, San Anthony's on the Hills. Mm-hmm. And McCain. And McCain. But at least McCain was like a grass, you know. But when they played at the San Anthony's in the Hills, it was just that one stand uh, out in like a regular ground. But like that's not what this is. For, you know what I mean? That's that's. I do enjoy that. In the way that I enjoy, like the Little League World Series, it's compelling seeing guys like in the in the in the right atmosphere doing the thing. But the fact of the matter is that the first state riders or whatever they are, they're not doing the thing that I like. They're, they're it's, it's kind of like a joke, and so I just you know again I'm not somebody who's going to tell people not to have fun. Go see Barbie, Barbie up, whatever. That's I fine. did. I know. You liked it, too. I did like it. I know. Everybody yeah. who's seen it likes it. And I'm like, <laughs> see, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, either. We've been we've been actually having a discussion about um, if you would like Barbie or not. If I would like Barbie? Yeah. Because Nurse Susan thought was saying that you probably would. And I was a little skeptical at first. But then um, after the last time I was in here, your, like, really uh, emotional reaction to some, like, joke shirt from the Rehoboth Beach Boardwalk that I showed you had me reconsidering and thinking, like, yeah, I think Susan might be right. I think you you would really like Barbie. Was this a reason just to bring up that, that T-shirt on the Foundation City Boardwalk Yeah, again? okay. Well, I will bring it. I don't think I said it on the last podcast, you but did, yes. Or, or, they, or, you, or if you did, I'll cut it out. Yeah, a few of us were at uh, the, uh, the Rehoboth Beach Boardwalk, and there was a shirt that said, um, Daddy and Son, not always eye to eye. But always heart to heart, um, and I we thought it was really I think funny. It said father and, and son. No, it's a daddy. Uh, see, I can't, I can't deal with that. Okay. <laughs> well, you, so, that you're changing so your tune now. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I was just thinking about the meat, not the ex- exact like work. See, now <laughs> daddy is like adding an yeah. MLS joke factor because I, I never I call my dad my pop. Well, it's a Rehoboth Beach Boardwalk. Like, I don't call, say daddy. T-shirt. Like, what am I from? What am I? Oh, I'm what like, am I, oh, I can't deal with these. I can't deal with these gimmicks at the Rehoboth Beach Boardwalk T-shirt shop. Uh, I know. Well, see, what's it going on here? Me, it wouldn't have hit me as hard. I don't think because I found like daddy's like righteous gemstone shit. Like I don't, I don't, I don't. But the the idea of like. <laughs> The emotional part of it is so fucking tacky, but I'm like, I started. I think I started to cry. You did start to cry, actually, yeah. which is why I was like reevaluating which is exactly my stance what my dad on whether would do if we did, if we <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, which is why I think that you might actually like Barbie. You know, I I, th- I think I probably would. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, you're, you're not you're gonna you're gonna do bad to bet against Nurse Susan. Uh huh. If she says it, I agree about me. It's true. It's, I mean, almost almost definitely. I can't say it's a hundred percent. But I mean, it's probably close. <laughs> that's that's the first thing. I'll never bet against Susan. The other thing is, I I, I sort of have this, uh, you know, 
I don't like like I don't like gimmick movies. I don't like a, it's about a toy or it's about a comic book character. It's, it doesn't feel a, that way though, right? And so when I want when I when I actually go and see it and see what they did, I'll be like, I would walk out of the theater and tell Susan, you know, that was that was actually that was well done. That was mm-hmm. really well done. Like I could see my look. I mean, we've had we've done this in theater. That's why she's telling you uh, that that's the story. I I think I I think I probably would. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to see it as it was intended, as Drew Palmer intended me to see it um, on my sofa on the TV, like two two years from now, you know, because I can't see me, I can't, I actually can't see me sitting through three plus hours of Oppenheimer in a theater anymore either. Like when I can just, I don't know. I watched the last Christopher Nolan movie. Watched it on the TV downstairs. Dunkirk, right? Didn't he do this? Mm. Dunkirk of all the all the British guys getting pounded on the beach? Yeah. That was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. But I'm like a history guy, you know. Who's taking me to Barbie? That's what I want to know. We'll do a Barbie screening. I'll yeah. go. I'll do a full report. Yeah. Jordan, cool. have you seen Barbie? I have not. Oh, really? Ha! Sorry for yelling. I was just like, I thought yeah. you were going to yell at me, too. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. You know, that could be one of the things we've been talking, ladies and gentlemen. This is actually something... Uh, comrades and friends you might want to be a part of. We're in early talks. But there's going to be a uh, a, a grassroots committee. A Soviet, if you will. Um, I, th- I think it was called DOPE. It was like the Department of physical what was it personal enjoyment maybe personal enjoyment yeah fun and enjoyment i think it was called <laughs> whatever it was called so we're having we're, we're starting a fun committee i think that's that's clear there's, there's going to be this fall some, sometime this fall there's going to be a fun committee uh we're going to plan all sorts of things maybe we'll do we'll go all see barbie and then we'll record something on it and i'll be like i liked it or no so nurse susan was wrong it was stupid <laughs> maybe Maybe uh, we'll throw a big barbecue, and I'll, and I'll cook for you guys, and, and we'll bring like a we'll bring beach cricket, and I'll teach you guys how to bat. Are all your listeners them. invited? No, we're gonna have more information. Mm. And the other thing is, most of these listeners we're gonna have to screen. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to have a screening process because some of them, you know, we see you. By the way, just to let you guys know, we know what you're doing. But luckily, uh, the Working Families Party has, they've really honed the intake process, I guess is how you would say it. They've honed it. The now, in- I don't know anything about this, so you're on your own. You you're speaking for int- yourself you right here. You don't know the intake process? Not for what you're talking about. What do you mean? What am I talking about? Your dope committee. Oh, oh, I, oh right. The dope committee, the, there's definitely going to be a screening process because you have to be dope. Like, if you're not, if you're not fun... You know, but the cool thing about this committee, which now I think it was it was something else now, core was the committee on recreation and entertainment Mm -hmm. core. That's what it was. So if you want to be part of the core, a great start already. You're always bringing me down. Like, you're, you're just you're you're like, changing the name. You're I didn't change the name. I'm talking I, about I the screening it. process. Yes, because if you're not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like people like to have fun in different ways, though. Right. right? Well, this is and what we I was. Wanna, ta- this yeah. is what I was saying too. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. The, yeah, no, no, I interrupted. No, this is perfect. No, that's perfect because yeah. you reminded me to to say it. Oh, okay. The, one of the first thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. is going to going to be a survey. Yeah. And we're going to ask people 
Yeah. What they like to do. Do you like to do something outside? Mm-hmm. Do you like to do something inside? Do you like to do something with large groups or small groups? Some people, they don't like big groups. We could accommodate that. Some people would say, like, do you want to do something that's participatory? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want me to, 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 to bowl beach cricket at you while you defend my short bowling, <laughs> my short pitch bowling? Yeah. Like, some people don't like to participate. They just want to chill out. Like, what do you want to do? Survey style. You know what it made me think of? Because we, we uh, interviewed, uh, like, last month, I guess it was. Maybe it was a little over that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Professor Fitzgerald, who wrote the book about Gloria Richardson. She was a trained sociologist, so she, when she went back and organized in Cambridge, the first thing she did was like do all these surveys to see what people wanted to do, and then they they developed strategies specifically for like the priority things. Mm-hmm. Surveys. So like, look, but part of the survey is going to be like, are you fun? Like, do you do anything fun? Mm-hmm. And if you're like, nah, then you know, well, we, we got we'll have a one on one. We'll send Carl. We'll do a one on one intake. We'll have a whole. We, we, look, you said him to Carl because you're like, yeah, Carl's not fun either. <laughs> Go talk to him. I didn't want to say it like that, though. <laughs> but here's the thing. Carl has honed the intake process. He will be able yeah. to ascertain because I'm just I'm talking about like generalities. Hey, do you like to go fishing or do you want to play bocce? Yeah. Or do you want to, you know, whatever. Also, Carl, Carl is fun. I <laughs> Carl is fun. It's true. Folks, it's true. If you've ever seen him down at the ball yard, the old ball yard. With his Mr. Celery lime green hat with the blue bill. Yeah. You know that Kay Foster Stomberg can have some fun. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Jordan, are you going to be part of this committee, number one? And number two... Making the ask on air. What? Are, yeah, this is the ask. But, I mean, all you have to do is, like, you don't have to do that much. Just show up and bring the vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do that. Oh, well, like, yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Nice. The ask on air. The on air <laughs> ask. So we and Kirsten, when we were watching the Spain and Sweden game? No. I think it was Spain game. and Netherlands, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about how we want to get out more and watch like soccer yeah. together. Well, buddy, do I have news for you? <laughs> <clears throat> well, thanks for uh thanks for coming in. This was fun. See, I needed a fun one. Mm, yeah. I needed a fun one. This is part of your group. Yeah. And I, I do want to say, um, one of the reasons I've been a little bit, I don't want to say preoccupied or stressed out, but, you know, Jordan and I have been finishing up this series. By the time you hear this, uh, the second part will have gone out. Um, a, a, a new downtown for Wilmington. Um, spoiler alert, there's villains in this story. And spoiler alert, you can probably figure out who they are. Um, but then part three will be coming out after Labor Day, and I did get news today that um, your Mima and your Peepa will be able to see it in the Sunday print editions of the News Journal. Very which is, exciting. Which is very fun. Um, well, thanks, everybody. You know how to hit us up. Uh, it's Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter, at Highlands Bunker. I am on, uh, on the blue sky. I know you're on the blue sky. Mm. I'm over there. You can find me. Also, hit the Patreon up. Help us out. You can go to those uh, websites that, that generate random emails and just make put a random name. We don't know. We, we really don't know. I mean, here's the thing. We don't dox money anybody. Money still spends. We, yeah, yeah, your money spends, number one. We've never doxed anyone or said who anyway. But when you act suspicious, it gives us a reason 
to start rumors about you. Scurrilous rumors up and down the state. So just, just know that we're starting those rumors. Folks, left is best.